There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kainish, Pashas Peshawak, Tavshin Pebez. A huge warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking time on a busy Erev Shabbos to make a few minutes to come put on your radio. Give us the ear. Lent, what are we talking about this week? What's important? What do we need to learn? What can inspire us? So the, the Pasha ends with the war against Amalek. And Hashem promises, I'm going to utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Rav Shamshin Hirsch observes from the Torah's use of Zecher, remembrance of Amalek, it's not Amalek who is so pernicious for the future of mankind, but his remembrance, the glorifying of Amalek's memory, exalting in his achievements, presents an imminent danger to the moral mindset of God-fearing people. Violence, force, living by the sword, dominating the weak, murder and plunder at will, just to show one's power and prowess, is anathema to the moral rectitude of humanity glorifying the deeds of murderers and terrorists, venerating their memory, catalyzes the weak-minded to emulate them. Thus, their memory must be blotted out if we hope to live in a safe, moral, and uncorrupted society. Amalek goes by various names based upon the period and geography in which one lives. Their names change. But their mission to destroy the weak, principled, moral people that stand in their way is the same. Amalek represents the evil which he received almost by DNA from his grandfather Aesop. Throughout the generations, it has spawned like-minded despots who either in the name of religion or whatever excuse they come up with have created a religious cult out of hatred and murder. They will prevail as long as the divine code of morality is not the accepted and sole criterion concerning the worth of all men. From the greatest to the smallest, when the great and powerful are permitted a lapse in morality, when their ethical character is not questioned, we give sway to Amalek. The ultimate goal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's guidance and direction of the history of the world is the complete obliteration of the memory of Amalek. Only by doing away with the remembrance of the devastation and conquests of these imperious tyrants will their iniquitous deeds be put to rest? How does Amalek succeed? Wherein lies his power? Amalek obtains his strength from our weakness. Hashem's heavenly throne is not complete until Amalek's name is obliterated. The Al-Shukh HaKadosh explains that Amalek is the agent of Satan also known as the Yetzirah, also known as the Malachamavis. The legacy of evil courses through his veins. The absolute good of HaKadosh Baruch Hu has no room to be completed as long as Amalek functions. The forces of spiritual and moral impurity unleashed by Amalek succeed in catalyzing separation and disunity. Satan's focus is on fragmenting our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He begins with an inconsequential separation, making it appear negligible, 
once the breach in our relationship is created, however, it continues to tear until the divine has become complete disunity. Our work is to see to it that we do not create any form of separation. Otherwise, we give Amalek and the forces of evil a foothold to destroy our relationship with the Rabbi Nishalayim. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back with so much more in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas B'Shalach Tov Shin Pei Beis, as we plumb the depths of our Torah Kedusha to try to get ready for this Shabbos. And let's see if we can give ourselves some chizuk, some arousal in the situation we find ourselves. The situation is still not simple. The situation is still difficult. Let's see if we can find something in the Pasha that will give us some strength, that will give us some encouragement, that will give us some inspiration. Because that's really what we want. So let's see. This week's Pasha begins as follows. Vayihi. And it was Bishalach Paroi Esha'om. Listen to this. It says, when Paro sent out Ha'om, the people. Hashem wouldn't lead them via, via the land of the Philistines. Why? Because, or in spite of the fact that it was very, very close. Because the Halegabashef of the Rabbanishalim said, Pen Yinachem Ha'am, lest the people will change their mind. Biroi Sam Milchama, when they see a war, the Shavu Mitzrayma, and they will go back to Mitzrayma. So twice in this Pasuk, <coughs> the noun that's used is the words Ha'am. Next pasuk, vayasev elokim esam. Now it's three already. So Hakadosh Baruch took them in a roundabout route, derech hamidbar, via the desert, Yamsuf, to the Sea of Reeds, vachamushim, and chamushim, which has several words, several meanings, either armed or only a small percentage, alu v'nei Yisrael. The Bnei Yisrael went up from the land of Egypt. In Tupsukim, three times, it mentions the word Ha'am. And now finally, at the very end of the second Pasuk, now we suddenly talk about Vachamushim Alu Bnei Yisrael. The Bnei Yisrael went up <coughs> from its time. Isn't that quite striking? Why do we change from the word Am to the words B'nai Yisrael. So it's not my question. The Zayra Kaddish asks that question and he brings an answer in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, Why when Yisrael were in Mitzrayim does HaKadosh, does HaKadosh Baruch Hu send a message to Moshe which he has to transmit to Paro, Shalaches Ami, send out my nation. Right? Or, Right? If you refuse to send out my nation. And then it says, Beni B'chayri Yisrael. Elsewhere in, in, in the, in the negotiation with Paro says, go tell Paro that my firstborn child is Israel. Now, at that time, Imachim, the Jews didn't even have a brismila. And they really didn't have a proper connection at all to Hashem. And now, when they went out of Mitzrayim, they were already all <coughs> brisked, and they had already performed the mitzvah of great self-sacrifice of the carbon Pesach. The Mila also 
was a mitzvah of great self-sacrifice. And therefore, now they had a connection to Hashem. And now, they're called Ha'am, the people. Somehow, as if they're completely distant from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Strange. It sounds almost like Kadosh Baruch Hu seems to have a greater connection with the Jews when they were in Mitzrayim, which is where they seemed so distant from Hashem. And now it's a um, there's a distance, there's a, there's a coldness almost that, that exists between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klaiso. Answers the Zaira Kadosh. It's because when the Jews left Mitzrayim, it wasn't just the born Jews who left. There was an Erev Rav, a multitude of mixed nations, right, who connected themselves to the Jews and got all mixed up with them. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch refers to them as Ha'am, without any warmth, without any Dearness, as it says also, we'll see later on in Pasha Kisisa, when we have the terrible, terrible event of the sin of the golden calf. So it says there, Vayigayf Hashem Esha'am. Hashem made a plague on the nation. Asher Osu Egel, who made the, the Egel. And that's again, we know that the catalysts in the making of the ego were these Erev Rav, were these foreigners who had somehow leached onto the Jewish nation when they went out of Mitzrayim. Or it says, the, the nation ganged up against Aaron. Or when the people, again, this Erev Rav, saw that Moshe was delayed. So the Zaya says, come and see. If there wasn't that Erev Rav who kind of chapped around and connected themselves to the Jewish nation, so that entire episode <coughs> of the Egel would never have happened. <coughs> and unfortunately, all those Jews who died would never have died. Nor would have been caused all the all that was caused, because we know all the suffering we have today bears with it part of the suffering for what happened in the ego. This is in fact in connection with this brings a a story. Rav Yitzchak and Rav Yehuda were traveling from Ushat to Lud. And together with them was someone called Yoisi. Yoisi was a businessman and he had lots of camels tied together and uh, they had a huge load on on their backs while they were traveling. So this Yoisi, the businessman, found a certain woman who was a, a non-Jewish woman, and he saw that she was gathering grass in the field. So he he left the Torah bottom, and he went to her. So Rav Yitzchak and Rav Yehuda looked at each other, and and they said, "Let's let's let's go off this this road, because our Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to show us that we shouldn't be together with this with this Yosi." Right, they went off the road, and they check what was happening with this uh, 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 Yosi, and they saw that he was in fact a grandson of of a non of a non Jew, and his father was uh, didn't have such a great a great pedigree either, and they said, Baruch Hashem, that he saved us, Rav Yitzchak began and quoted the Pesach and says, Al tischar b'mereim. Don't, don't get busy with these, uh, with our enemies. Who are these enemies? Doesn't say sinners or bad people, but 
our enemies. These are people that who who connect themselves and 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 have an association with with bad with bad people. And Rabbi Yehuda says, "What a mereim! Stay away from these so-called friends. Don't let yourself become close. Don't be don't be together with those people who do not have." Such a wonderful pedigree, who do not have friends and associates that are the same kinds of friends and associates as you have, because Hasam, you could end up being affected by by those by those people. Now, interesting, the word Mareum sometimes actually means friends. And or it could be bad deeds. From here we can learn. That a person has to be so careful from a bad chevra, from being around people that are not positive influences. Because these Erev Rav, who decided to join the Jewish, the Jewish nation, they had a tremendous negative influence on the Jewish nation. And they caused a whole atmosphere, this whole negative atmosphere in, in the Jewish nation. And only a few people managed to completely free themselves from this negative, negative atmosphere. We'll be back. We're going to take this in a, in a different direction after our little break. This is 11.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's so much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking about the need to surround yourself with positive, positive people. And there's a story that was said over by Rav Nossen Vachtfeigl, who we know was the Mashkiach in, in the great Lakewood Yeshiva, Yeshiva, that he says he once went to Raden. And he went to visit the, the Chofetz Chaim. And he saw the Chofetz Chaim that thinking and preparing himself for 10 minutes before he made the bracha, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Sheloi Osani Goy. Exactly, praising Hashem that he didn't make us non-Jews. And the Chavetz Chaim explained that I had to examine myself very, very well that there shouldn't be even the smallest bit of Goyishkeit, of, 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 of non-Jewish feeling inside me. And only afterwards could I make the bracha. What does it have to do with us? In this period that we're living through, the entire world, from Tokyo in, in the east to, to, I don't know, Honolulu in the west, everyone is going through the same terrible situation. Right? Things are, are still closed. There's still physical, physical, social distancing. There's still all these positive Tests and negative tests. People, some people are still wearing masks. Some people are going into, into quarantine. Whatever this terrible, terrible, awesome corona is, is bringing to, to the world. So the, the, the truth is it's, it's turned over the entire world in one, in one moment. But the way a yid who puts on his mosque thinks, or the yid who has to go into into quarantine, is different than the thought process of of a nanju. A nanju's thought process is, it's just about what I need to do to protect myself. How can I keep myself away from from disease? If I put on a a mask, so maybe I won't get get sick. So then, I'll put a mask on if it's going to help. On the contrary, a year puts on a mask. Why? Because I don't want to be the one that causes someone else 
to get sick. A yid goes into quarantine in order not to hurt somebody else. As Rav Chaim Brim said, two people can open a, a grocery shop. One is a generous person and he would give all his merchandise away for free. But of course, since he doesn't have any money and he doesn't have, then have the ability to buy the things he needs for tomorrow. So he's going to have to, uh, you know, borrow money. The second is someone who is a, a skin flint and doesn't care about anybody else. His whole desire was to make as much money as he can without having to give anything. But since no one's going to come into his shop, so <laughs> he's going to have to uh, allow them to purchase his his uh, his goods. Comes out, two people do the same actual business. Both of them sell. Both of them are actually, let's say, getting the exact same profit margin. Nevertheless, they're as far away from each other as from Honolulu to, to Tokyo. In, in the Shemi Shmuel <coughs> explains the Gemara in Masech Shabbos Peches. Gemara brings the conversation that the Malachim had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and with Moshe Rabbeinu before HaKadosh Baruch Hu was prepared to give the Torah to, to, to the, the Yidin. The Malachim claimed to know no, keep the Torah up in heaven. Don't give it to the Jewish nation. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe, Moshe, you answer them. So Moshe said to Hashem, I'm afraid Maybe they're gonna burn me with their, with their, the hot air of their mouths. Says Akash Baruch, don't worry. Hold on to my chair, my, my heavenly throne and answer them. So, Moshe Rabbeinu said before Hashem, Rebunish Lalem, the Torah that you want to give me, what's written in the Torah? I am Hashem your God who took you out of Mitzrayim. So he said to the angels, did you go down to Egypt? Were you enslaved by Paro? So what do you need the Torah for? Furthermore, what does it say? Don't have other gods. Right? Do you live amongst the other nations who, who Hashem serve other, other, other idols? What else does it say? It says, remember the day of Shabbos to make it holy. Do you, Malachim, do any kind of work that you need to rest? What does it say? It says, don't, uh, don't take Hashem's name in vain in business. Do you do any, 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 any kind of business? What else does it say? Honor your mother and father. Do you have a mother and father? Furthermore, what does it say in that service of the verse? Don't murder. Don't kidnap. Is there jealousy amongst you? Do you have a Yetzirah at, at all? So straight away they agreed and allowed Moshe Rabbeinu to, to take, to take uh, the Torah, as it says, Moadir Let's give the Torah to, to the land. And the question is, the Malachim certainly knew all of Moshe's arguments, so why do they still want the Torah? It must be that their intention was to the to the very very inner workings of the Torah, to the to the secrets that are hidden in every single letter and every single crown of the Torah. Okay, if that's so, then the question comes back: What 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 then? What was Moshe Rabbeinu's answer? If that's what they wanted, then Moshe Rabbeinu's answer seems irrelevant. Says the same Ishmael, the Torah is so great, there's no creation in this world that can claim 
to own and control the Torah. Right? Only, the only thing we can do, the only way we can even begin to have an association from the Torah is if we flee as far as we can from anything that is contrary to what the Torah, to what the Torah is. Only then can we begin to have an association with, with the Torah. In order to merit Torah, a person has to completely disconnect himself from all the impurity of the outside world, from all those things that are the, the antithesis of, of the Torah. And that was what my Shabbenu was arguing to the angels. You don't have a Yetzirah. You don't have jealousy. Therefore, you don't have anything to overcome. You don't have any, any tests. And therefore, you cannot connect to, to the Torah. Only human beings who have tests to stand up to, who have to run away from evil things, they have the ability to connect, to connect to, to Torah. And that's what it says. For Abdil I'm going to separate you from the nations to become to become to become a, a mind. The more that we separate ourselves from what's going on on the street in the outside world, then we are we merit liyosli to belong to our, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And there are many people who are are in diff, very very difficult. Situations, let it be in 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 health, uh, uh, health issues, or may it be psychological issues, may it be parnosa issues. There's yeah, one tzara running after another tzara, and everywhere they they turn, all they hear is is bad news, is is other people's pain, other people's suffering, but nevertheless. We have to completely raise ourselves and overcome any despair which tries to, to control us. And we have to believe that Hashem's salvation is coming very, very quickly. And we have to remember what the Chavetz Chaim says in, 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 in his Sefer. Chofetz, Chofetz Chaim, where he says, when, when a child is, is young, so a Jewish child learns Pashas Precious, and he learns the Pasuk, the earth was incredibly empty, there was darkness over everything. And the spirit of Akadosh Baruch Hu was hovering over the, over the water. What, why is this the, 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 the second posuk in the Torah? To teach us and to educate us that even at a time and in a place and in a situation which seems to us like Tayu, that couldn't be a greater emptiness, a greater void than, than that. And it's dark. You have to know with absolute clarity that Akash Baruch's ruach is is hovering there all the time. Sasemis in last week's Pasha says a similar idea on 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 the Pasuk, the beginning of the Pasha, where Hashem says to Moshe, "Boy, El Paray, why come to Parakiyani Because I have hardened his heart. You're going to see." That the difficult times where it seems like Kodesh Baruch has completely hidden himself away. He says you have to know everything that's happening is only from Kodesh Baruch And whatever happens, accept it. And what you don't, don't have, then we have no permission to, 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 to uh, do anything. The Gemara tells us well-known Gemara. In, in Mesechus Tainus, about Choyni Amagol, who slept for 70 years. And when he woke up, 
No one recognized him. And he didn't have any friends. And then he said the famous expression, I either have company or I'd rather, I'd rather die. That's the story in the Gemara Tainus in, in the Bavli. In the Yerushalmi, on, in Tainus Tafteh Zayin Amud Beis, the story is brought slightly different. The opinion of the Yerushalmi is that we're talking about Chonyamagal, who was the Zayda of the Tana. Chani, who's mentioned in the Mishnah. And he lived still during the time of the first Beis HaMikdash, near its, its destruction. And it says that at one time, he went to see, to check out his, his workers, who were, who were working uh, uh, by a, a side of a mountain. And suddenly, it began to pour with rain. And Choniamago found himself some shelter in a cave. And he fell asleep there, and that sleep continued for 70 years. During that entire time, the whole world completely turned over. The first Pesach was destroyed. The Jewish nation was sent into uh, uh, Golis in, in, in Babel, Babylonia, in a terrible, terrible situation. And, and, and there was bloodshed and, and, and there were tears, which was, which was, you know, that's, that's when the Megillah of, of Eicha was, was, uh, was, uh, was written. And, and they had to, they had to stay in, 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 in Bovel until the, the, the Persian Empire, after 70 years, allowed them to go back and rebuild the base of Mikdash. When the second base of Mikdash was already standing, then, Chayinia Magal woke up because all that time, all Golas, he was, he was asleep. And as soon as he left that cave, he, he, he was able to distinguish that the world is completely, completely different. The vineyards that he, uh, 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 uh recognized where they had been, uh, 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 you know, Olives planted. Now there were houses. Where there were houses, there was empty, empty spaces, just, just empty, empty lots. Everything was completely, completely different. And he turned to people and, and he said to him, you know, I'm, I'm Chani Amagel from the time of the first base of Mikdash. So the people of the city said to him, we heard that there was once a tzaddik like that in the time of the first place of Mikdash. And when he used to go, and this Chonyamago used to go into the base of Mikdash, the whole courtyard would light up because of his, his honor and his, and his, and his tremendous, tremendous level. So if you are really Chonyamago, let's see if, if uh, this will happen again, go up and let's see. So Chania and Amago went into the base of Mikdash, and again, the whole Azara got full of light. Then Chania Amago said about himself, the Pasuk, Hashem when Hashem will bring back, us back to Tzion, it will be as if we were, we were dreaming. And the reason for this was, that from Shemayim, they put Choniamagal to sleep for 70 years. Explains the Yifasmara on the Yushami. That from Shemayim, they didn't want that he should be so upset about, about the Churban. Or maybe they didn't want him to be able to daven that the Beisimikta should not be destroyed. We have to know, we have to believe that whatever difficulty that a yid has is because from Shemayim it was decreed upon him that particular tsar. And if a person was not decreed to have a certain uh, suffering, he will not have that suffering. And in the same way, at the time of the Churm 
of the of the first base of Mikdash, where there wasn't a a single Jew who who, who didn't feel the terrible pain, the terrible uh, uh, hurt, and 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 the suffering of the Golas of the Klai Yisrael. Nevertheless, Chayin was decreed upon him that he should not have to suffer at all. In other words, the Bayri Oilam put him into this deep sleep for 70 years and he got up only after the second base of Mikdash was already rebuilt and he never experienced the Tsar of, of the of the Churban. So it is nowadays. When whatever it is, whatever kind of pain, whatever kind of difficulty is is, is running around the entire world, if someone if it was not particularly decreed upon a particular person that he should be ill, that means the Rabbi Shalom will save you not only from any kind of event, but from any kind of pain, any kind of discomfiture at all. The, 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 uh, Chavetz Chaim, amongst all the dozens of, of Svarim that, that he, that he wrote, there's a special safer. Who was, which, which he wrote for, for soldiers who were unfortunately drafted into the, into the Russian or Polish army. The Sefer is called Machane Yisro. And in this Sefer, the, the, the Chavetz Chaim kind of put in, in, in a very, very brief form the main fundamentals of, of Yiddishkeit that are necessary for these soldiers to know when they are in, in, in foreign, in foreign lands. And in this Sefer, there are two chapters about hope for the Geula. And the Chavetz Chaim writes, Don't let any person not think. How could it be that we, that we are the Jewish nation, that now we are the lowest, we are the most downgraded of all the nations. How is it going to be that we're going to be so uplifted and become so glorious in Emmanuel's? As it says, is, is that how you pole me Hashem is anything too difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Right? When was Yaakov Zeicher to 12 tribes, the Shiftei Ka? When did he become the wealthiest person in, in the world? When did he have the, 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 the uh, ability to fight with the Malach of Hashem and, and be victorious? Only after Eliphaz met him on the way and wanted to kill him and he had to give him everything he had. And just with his stick, he crossed the Yardin and he lived in, in Lovan's house for 20 years. That's what brings the, the Gula. We wait expectantly, we wait hopefully, there's the Shem, for the end of this Maigefa and for the coming of the ultimate Gula. This is 11.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. Please stay with us. There's lots more to come. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashos B'Shalach in the year Tav Shin Pei Beis. Wow, what an honor it is that you've joined us, that you spent a few minutes of your busy Erev Shabbos listening to the radio or listening to your device or whatever it might be, just to tune in and be part of our radio family. It is so appreciated. We feel so honored that, in fact, you make us your address on a Friday afternoon to help you with your Erev Shabbos preparations, as we always do at this time on the on the show, just to give you the very, very important details you need for this Shabbos, the longest Shabbos of the year, and in fact, the, the, the only longest Shabbos next week already, we are moving back. So, Let's start from the beginning. The earliest time for lighting candles this afternoon is at 20 to 6. 5.40 is the earliest time you can light your candles. Come on. This is such a beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos Peshalach, Shabbos Pashish Shira. Let us grab every moment of it we possibly can. Let's aim to try to get ready 
in time so we can actually have the candles lit, we can start our Shabbos, we can dive in, we can begin the beautiful, beautiful calm, the beautiful relaxation. Most of us have started you know, work this week and we need a Shabbos always after that first week after back, after after work, whatever it is. Ah, but Shabbos, but Menucha, what a beautiful privilege it is. So 5.40 is when you can start it up. The latest time for benching licht uh, uh, this afternoon is at 6.47, 13 minutes before 7, 7 o'clock. And of course, if you, uh, uh, you know, if your community is one that accepts the standard Johannesburg summertime of 6.15 for lighting candles, then you are bound by the time that your particular shul, your particular community says, Mizmashir Liyam Liyam Shabbos, even if you're not in shul, you are kind of dragged after what they do, and, and that is your that is your Shabbos, because that's why you belong to a community, because you want to be part of whatever it is that they are that they are are doing. So that is the prescribed time. Shkia is then at five minutes past seven, and uh, so therefore, if you want to uh, daven myrev uh, tonight. And, and not have to repeat the, the Krishma. So you need to wait about 23 minutes past, past seven. Obviously, Shkia is the absolute deadline. One must, one must finish everything one needs to do long before that. Don't even get into that danger zone. That really is just an, an injury, injury time. And then tonight, Baruch Hashem, we can sit down and have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, a beautiful Suda, our family with us, and, and have some Zemiras and some beautiful Divretara Pashas B'Shalach as well. It's so full of amazing, amazing things to, 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 to say. Tomorrow, of course, we read Pashas B'Shalach, we read the Shiras Hayam, the great song that Kaiser sang after they emerged from the, from the uh, crossing the Reed Sea and, and had the privilege of seeing their enemies and their oppressors being drowned and, and being completely obliterated by, by the same sea that they had, that they had uh, crossed. It's also the Pasha which you read about the miraculous Mun, which, which was such an amazing, amazing food and which kept us going for the entire 40 years. In, in the desert, and of course the Haftarah is a very special Haftarah, the Haftarah of Udvara, Isham Nevia, the story of Devara and, and Barak and their fight against uh, the, the Sisra, uh, uh, the, the general of, 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 uh, Yovin, uh, king of Chatzar, and, and how, how the Al, uh, Yael killed Sisra, and then the beautiful, beautiful song of, of, of Devara, which makes it the longest Haftarah of the year, but Probably one of the most, the most beautiful, uh, ones of, of the, of, of the year. And then Shabbos Kodesh carries on a long, glorious, beautiful day. Shabbos Kodesh ends at 7.39, 21 minutes before 8. Don't blink because it's the last time you're going to see that. It's already getting earlier, earlier next, next week. Of course, uh, uh, coming, uh, uh, sort of herald is, is obviously Tubishvat is going to be on Monday. So get your fruits ready, get your, you know, be able to make brachas on, on particularly the special fruits that Eretz Yisrael is, is praised for. It's a beautiful day. Tubishvat, it's the beginning in the northern hemisphere of, of, of spring. Here it's really the beginning of getting ready for, for, for autumn. But it's, it's, it really is a special day. It's 40 days before the, the creation of the world according to the opinion that the world was created in 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 Nissan and and uh yeah it's 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 an amazing 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 holiday. We are learning about the Tfilis the davening of of uh of, of Shabbos. We spoke last week about the Shmain Esrei, about what happens if one uh confuses or says the wrong the wrong Shman Esrei. So we know that in the in the Shman Esrei on Friday night so we say the paragraph which actually comes from uh, uh, Parshat Breshit and begins with the words Vayachulu Hashamayim Vaaretz B'chol Tzvaham. In other words, those three psukim that actually speak about the very, very first Shabbos that that took place since the creation of the world, which begins with this with the word Vayachulu. 
And the Gemara says in Shabbos that anyone who says the prayer of of Vayichulu, these psukim of Vayichulu, in the tefillah of Friday night, it's as if you become a partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the actual creation of the of the uh, of, of the world. In other words, the whole purpose of creation is is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be revealed to the to the world. And once they're revealed, once people know there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then they'll bench and they should they should uh, pay homage to to the to the Rabbanishlam. And that is the main main issue of what Shabbos is. And when, when a Jew testifies about the fact that this world was created by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it didn't come into existence by a couple of atoms randomly banging to each other and creating Santin, Santin City. It, there was a plan. And, and, and that's, and then, and that if Hashem created the world, then we understand that when Hashem ceased to create is a Shabbos and there's a Kedusha, there's an innate holiness in, in Shabbos. So by saying this paragraph of of Ayachulu, so we we depict and put into 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 real terms the whole purpose of the creation of 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 the world, and that brings tremendous tremendous degree of bracha of blessing to the to the world. The Gemara says further there that anyone who says this paragraph of Ayachulu in the tefillah of Friday night. So the the two angels who always accompany a person on 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 Friday night, they put their hands on his head and they say to him with the pasuk, the sora may all of your sins go away, and may all your iniquities, may all them be be forgiven. A pasuk in 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 Yeshayel. So we understand that the concept of Shabbos is connected also to the Shabbos of to the concept of tshuva. Shabbos comes from the word tshuva, in fact. And right, if the, the the it's we can see the letters of the, the the central letters of the word Shabbos shin bet taf are the same central letters as the word the word tshuva, but. On, on, on Shabbos, we remember that there is a Heiligabashef, there is a creator of the world, and we want to, to return and, and kind of put ourselves back in, in, in the fold of all the tremendous hopes and all the aspirations and all the wonderful desires that Anashama wants. And therefore, when one says this Vayachulu on Friday night, he's expressing the deep, deep connotation and connection that Shabbos is meant, we're meant to create. And that therefore brings him to a real tshuva. And once he does that kind of tshuva, all of his averas are in fact, are in fact forgotten. We're going to come back with some closing comments after this short break. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program, of course, as you know, is soul to soul. And this is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Last few comments on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas, Beshalach, in Tav Shin Beis. In addition to the saying of Ayachulu in the quiet one essay of Friday night, so we know the entire community repeats together Ayachulu after the quiet one essay, out loud and standing. And the reason is interesting, because in a situation where there's a confluence of Yom Tov and Shabbos falling together. So we know that the basic text of the Shemon Esrei becomes the text of the Yom Tov dominating. And we mention a few in here on the brackets. We mention a little bit about Kedushas and Shabbos in a, in a few words. But we don't say 
Vayachulu in that Shmon Esra at all. And therefore, in order not on those Shabbosas to lose out on the saying of Vayachulu, Achazal institutes that every Shabbos throughout the entire year, after the Tefillah, uh, the quiet Shmon Esra, we say, we say Vayachulu to, together. Some will add another reason why we say Vayachulu out loud, and that is to testify communally about the creation of of the world. And of course, uh, 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 testimony requires two people, and therefore we say it as 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 a as a, as a uh, community to show a conviction in 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 the fact of the creation of the world. In addition to that. We actually say Vayachulu a third time when we say uh, Kiddush. And, and that actually you find many, many times that important things we say three, three times. Now, Chazal instituted that in the repetition after the Quadrix Shmon and Friday night, even though we never say repetition on after Mairiv, we have something called the Me'en Sheva, the abridged repetition of Shmon One bracha which actually contains phrases of all seven of the Shmon Eshe. It's like a mini Chazor Sashatz, which contains the essence of all the seven brachas that we say in the Tvil of Shabbos. The reason we have such a uh, enactment is because in the, in the olden days, the shuls used to be out in the field, and it was dangerous. <laughs> Even then, it was dangerous for a single person to go home by himself. And and Chazal were afraid maybe someone would come late to shul and finish his davening after the tzibur had finished, and he's going to end up walking by himself, and he could be in danger. Therefore, Chazal instituted that the Chazan would say this shortened so to speak, Chazor Sashatz, and therefore, Damni would be drawn out a little bit longer, and uh, everyone would stay in shul a little bit longer, and in the meantime, this, the latecomers would manage to finish the, the, the Shman and they could all walk together home. And even though it's more than a, a thousand years since then, and now we build our shuls in the, in the city, still, the original enactment remains in its place, and every single basic nessus where uh, the chazan says after the quiet one essay, this 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 uh, this uh, this bracha. But if you're gathering a, a minion to daven in someone's private house, let's say this is shiva brachos or or a shiva, then we don't say because the the enactment was to say it in shul and not. And not anywhere else. And some say, uh, Alpi Kabbalah, that even the Gemara, the, 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 in time of the Gemara, they, they gave this, this reason, but obviously they had many, many other, other, uh, other reasons that, uh, we need somehow on, on Shabbos to have some kind of a, a Chazar Sashatz, and therefore, According to them, we would say it irrespective of whether you're in a fixed minion in a shul or a, even a, a sort of a, a one-off minion in somebody's house. That's about the end of our time together. Just a moment to wish each and every one of you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbat Shalom, a beautiful time of his iris, of arousal. We've, we've spoken some beautiful Divrei Torah today. Please say them over. Please enjoy them with your family and to all of our radio's audience. We wish you a, a good Shabbos.